Welcome to Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts. We are ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. Every episode, we invite people working in a variety of different fields related to aging and hear their stories. Tune in. Either you're considering a career in aging, or want to learn more about aging fields, or simply want to listen to a stimulating conversation, you will find something you like. Find Voices of Aging on the iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Madeline with the Voices of Aging podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Kate Schaefers. Dr. Schaefers is a psychologist and the executive director of the University of Minnesota Advanced Careers Initiative. Hi, Dr. Schaefers. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hi, thanks for inviting me. I would love it if we could start just by having you tell us about the University of Minnesota Advanced Careers Initiative. Yeah, so we are a gap year for uh, experienced people who are interested in launching something new after they leave their careers, but they're looking for an engaged second act um, post-career life. Some of our folks are looking at shifting into meaningful volunteering. Others are looking at career change or encore careers, which is a career change into the social sector after age 50. And so we are a gap year to give people the time and space for not only a sense of renewal um, as people disconnect from careers where they've spent a lot of their effort, but then also as they um, retool for what's next for a new life stage. That's wonderful. Have you noticed, are there any patterns you see occurring in midlife individuals who want to shift careers or who are seeking a different purpose? Yeah, you know, we have seen dramatic shifts in part due to longevity. And so, you know, we know that people are living longer, they're healthier as they're entering those 50s, 60s, 70s. And so they're looking for something very different from previous generations. You know, it's as someone approaches their 60s, you know, they could be looking at 20 to 30 years of engagement. And so they're looking for how to spend that time. We also see that people, um, this generation in particular, this boomers and Gen X and those that are following, Um, work has been a central part of their lives. And so they're not necessarily looking at just leisure when they look at their retirement years. They're looking for meaningful work. And then we've also seen a huge shift in just workplace. And people are needing to work longer. They're needing to retool at various points in their careers, not just early career or mid-career, but also late career to develop some new skills, to do career change. And so people are entering these years and we're calling them encore adulthood. We, we're calling this a new life stage, um, but they're entering this new life stage with a lot more expectations around what it's going to look like. And one of the big pieces is meaningful work, whether it's paid or unpaid. And I'd like to just briefly mention So this concept of encore adulthood really comes from Professor Phyllis Moen, who's a McKnight presidential chair, and she is our founding director of University of Minnesota Advanced Careers. And Phyllis is a sociologist. She's been studying life course transitions over her whole course of her career. 
But she has identified um, this concept of encore adulthood as a new life stage following the career building, family building years, but before frailty of old age. And she believes that just like we socially constructed the idea of adolescence, you know, at the turn of the last century, we recognize that teenagers are not children, but they're not adults. And we have whole um, research and insights into how the developing brain is different. And we know adolescents are different. I mean, there it's a life stage. Um, what she is arguing is that we have the same thing happening in older adults who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, it's not a firm um, date or age with this, but it's more a life stage that people are entering a new life stage with health and wellness. And, and again, of course, you know, this, this is general generalities, not every person and not every demographic group is experiencing these same longevity gains. And I'm sure in your work, studying older adults, you're seeing that. But she argues that we have this new life stage, we need new models, we need new pathways, we need to help people as they navigate it. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do with University of Minnesota Advanced Careers. That's fantastic. And I definitely see that need for a different categorization um, of individuals of those ages. And it makes me wonder, you know, I feel like there's a unique experience within that age range where you're navigating both potential ageism and then also being viewed as kind of a wise older adult with more experience. Is there an aspect of perhaps the Advanced Careers Initiative? that gap year curriculum that assists these individuals with navigating that? Absolutely. So, you know, anyone who looks at a career change encounters some challenges with how to market themselves and tell a story that aligns with what they're looking at going towards. And, And so what we do is we help people develop a new story of that's looking forward versus just what they've done in the past. Um, And so our resume looks like, you know, the experiences we've had, the positions we've had. If you're doing a career change, then you need to take those transferable skills and then frame them in a direction that's going to help a new employer with a different kind of role see the potential with you. And so it's really important for people to not only tell the story of how it makes sense, Um, You know, we can't just kind of go from, you know, being a lawyer to a baker without some transition of, you know, why, why do you want to do this? Uh, What skills do you bring that are relevant? So people have to tell the story that is framed that way. Um, We also help our people by giving them a practical experience. Our fellows do an internship. Um, we call it a midternship. We don't have good language around this, but um, internship at midlife. But the idea is that they get some practical experience working in a nonprofit, using some skills that they have in different ways, all, and also developing new skills. So they get some practical experience that they can then put on a resume and use that, whether they're going through a career change or looking for meaningful volunteering. That is wonderful. And kind of looking to sort of bridge the gap here um, and talk about age-friendly universities. What connection do you see or what connection currently exists between the Advanced Careers Initiative and Age-Friendly University of Minnesota? Yeah, we are part of a council of, uh, of leaders at the University of Minnesota who are intersecting in some way with aging and with encore adulthood. And 
you know, we, the University of Minnesota joined the age, the global age friendly network um, because we also are doing a lot of work in this area, but the network allows us to be a little bit more formal and structured in building some of those connections. So to date, there's around 70 universities that have signed on with um, the age-friendly university network. Um, we just signed up in um, September of 2020, so we're fairly new to this, but we are not new to this kind of work. And what is exciting for me is that this is providing us a forum to reach across departments, across disciplines, and to collaborate on some of the work we're doing, to collaborate around research, around outreach, um, around learning opportunities, to be better informed, because so much of what happens at large universities is that things pop up and there's some wonderful programs out there, but they're not cohesively connected. And so this is what we're doing. We are looking at how can we work across disciplines because we know that, you know, aging is an interdisciplinary field. And so we have to look at health and wellness. We have to look at public health. We have to look at psychology um, in social connections, uh, you know, demography, history. I mean, it's all of these can intersect to help us better understand how people can navigate this life stage. And so by, the more we can work across disciplines, the better, whether it is research, service, or learning opportunities. So this is just a great opportunity for us to connect more around all of those. And, and it's also a commitment as a university to the values that are associated with age-friendly. So age-friendly goes beyond just researching aging issues, but it's really about looking at how do we embed aging, engaged aging principles in the whole work of the university, whether it's our core activities, um, offering opportunities for second careers for older adults. So be a welcoming place for people to come at all of those pivot points in their life course. So not just 18 to 22 year olds, but people at every life stage to come to the universities and find those opportunities to learn, grow, retool, re-career. Um, and to do outreach and make connections with that. And I think a really important thing to keep in mind I mean, from a university perspective is that, you know, the number of 18 to 22 year olds is shifting at the same time that our population is aging. And so if you look just from a demographic perspective, that we as a university have so many more people in our state that may need help, that we're not serving well if we're using a model of 18 to 22 year olds being the people that need a university. We People of all ages can benefit from what a university has to offer. Absolutely. And, and given our population, as you're discussing, is continuing to get older, it just makes sense that we would be working towards creating this intersectional um, age-friendly environment um, for those individuals to get the resources that they need. Um, do you have a specific vision for how perhaps Advanced Careers Initiative, along with age-friendly university, in will look in the future? What What are the things that we need to focus on now? I would love, this is vision, not reality at the moment, but I would love to have people in our state have a one-stop shop to be able to come and say what they're looking for and that we can help connect them 
with all of the amazing things that are going on in this campus. And I think our public has a hard time oftentimes finding the right resources and the right people um, and getting their questions answered because we are so big and complex. And being big and complex is one of our strengths. You know, we have so many amazing resources and people doing just groundbreaking work around so many issues. And to, for us to serve as connectors, I think would be wonderful. And I see University of Minnesota Advanced Careers as serving a segment of this. So this is people who are late career, you know, recently stepped out of the workplace, but they want to engage in social impact work. And we serve as a bridge for them. But I also see there being possibilities to connect them with graduate programs, with some of our research projects, with volunteerism at the university. And I think when we look at, again, this life stage, you know, one of the big issues that people are often thinking about is giving back. And they want to give back to our students. They, you know, it's this idea of legacy. You know, we, we look at generativity, if you want to use Eric Erickson's concept. But people oftentimes will enter these late career stages saying, you know, this is a life stage where it's about giving back. I want to find ways to connect. And by being able to connect with young adults early career people, children, youth, um, all of these opportunities are things that we're doing at the university. I think we could be great at connecting people with those opportunities to explore legacy, to reconnect with maybe some of those interests they have, to uh, connect with lifelong learning and that, you know, that intellectual stimulation that we know is so important as we age. And so there's so many ways that I think we can be a connector. And I, I look around what we're doing at this university, and it is amazing. And I think um, tapping into helping our population of our state tap into some of what we're doing would be amazing. And I think that's a great segue for my final question, which is, are there any plugs that you have or opportunities for involvement, perhaps specifically for University of Minnesota students for them to get involved in some of these projects or be able to work with older adults? Yeah, you know, I think that the intergenerational piece is profoundly helpful for older adults, young adults, and the university. And we have found that just in our anecdotally with our fellows that when we put people in the classroom put them together as mentors, um, we find things, we find a lot of commonality that can also really amplify the work that we're doing. So, you know, when you think about an 18 to 22 year old who comes to campus and they're asking questions like, what do I want to do with my life? And how do I navigate this new world of work? And what skills do I have that are needed out there? And how do I, um, you know, create a life that has meaning and purpose and connects with the things that are really important to me. These are exactly the same questions that an older adult at, is asking during this life stage as well. And so putting them together, having them understand maybe what they each bring to the relationship, um, seeing that an older adult, you know, also may have some insights into historical experiences. Like we had one of our fellows who was in a class on community organizing and you know, they were talking about um, Black Lives Matter and the advocacy that we're seeing, a lot of it coming from our young adults, but it was so helpful to frame it with regards to the civil rights movement 
in the 60s, which he had been part of. And so when you have dialogue across generations about things that matter, it's so important. And I think we're trying to do that with University of Minnesota Advanced Careers. I think there's tremendous possibility across all of the work we're doing to find those ways to connect the generations. And then I think just like diversity adds to teams in every context, you know, whether it is in the workplace or whether it's in the classroom, I think this is just also a way to strengthen our university community as well. That is wonderful. Um, A wonderful note to end on. Thank you so much, Dr. Schaefers. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. Great to talk with you. And uh, feel free to reach out if anyone has questions. Can I give my email address? Sure, absolutely. Okay, it's it's K, the letter K hyphen, S-C-H-A at umn.edu. So please reach out if you have any questions. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much. This podcast is brought to you by ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. We are a collaborative networking group for students studying aging across the university. Stay tuned for the next episodes of Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts.